You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! You hear that? Has greatness arrived? Or is it too late? I don't know. I, I didn't know how to start the show. But welcome to Podcast PXN episode 130. I am one of your hosts, your favorite Portland Mexican, Christian Macias, and I am joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan, Daniel Prindle, aka Dan is DTM. Love the little little salute there. Uh, the Nintendo aficionado, Roro, aka the Ro who leapt through time. Bro, you visual watchers. There you go. Perfect. Yes. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Gage Dempster, aka one half of the men in Gitch Podcast at Gilbo Biggins, not here today, but we miss him so much. So I'm gonna cancel Street Meat forever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN, uh, as well as over on Twitch.tv/slash Podcast PXN, and 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 on our Twitter as well. It's up, the topic of the show this week is. The state of play station. Uh, uh, but first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, Daniel. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Bro? Hello? Hi. Okay, just wanted to get that away. I didn't, I didn't hear a hello from either of you. Oh, how are you guys doing? I'm sorry. I'm what? sorry. Wait a minute, Christian. Last time I said hello when you hosted, you were like, oh, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, hang on. This is, this is what the show is. You know, you just rip. Day. You know, I just wing it. Yeah. I don't even take notes. I just, you know, just remember everything that happened in Spanish <laughs> week. Anyway, let's jump into our quick bites. Of course, uh, before we get into the meteor news, we kind of. Uh, dive into some of the biggest news that happened uh, uh, this week in gaming, the gaming world, but kind of more condensed. And if we want to talk about them, we can. If not, we move on to the next. Uh, starting with, over, we've got an, an update from Overwatch 2. There's a full YouTube video up uh, now with a, a bunch of updates. Uh, here are some bullet points. Overwatch 2 will have new content on a regular basis, which is a big win for you Overwatch fans. Uh, PvP testing is going to be starting this week. Uh, and then... Uh, the first PvP alpha will be limited to, unfortunately, however, for, for you fans, the alpha will be limited to Blizzard employees and pros, so not quite uh, into the public. However, a closed PvP beta, if you can get in, will be available come next month sometime in April. So, big Overwatch 2 news coming. Thank you. I, I, I also heard that they are changing up a little bit of how they're approaching the game with, like, in the video that you linked to us here where PvP might arrive sooner than um, the story mode, the single-player stuff, and they're kind of separating those two things. And I thought it was interesting how we were talking about Halo last week, about how they separated the the release, uh, or they released stuff earlier to later release like the other modes that they're still working on. But for this, it seems like, I think this is a good idea it, in a weird way, like releasing the PvP, which is something that Overwatch has always been anyway, and just release the story mode stuff later. I feel like separating those things is, is kind of okay because of how long it's been since Overwatch has gotten an update. Just bring us the new stuff already. Um, the, yeah. it, to that, I ask then, Ro, then what's even the point of Overwatch 2? Because the biggest point <laughs> was, it seems point, like it wasn't yeah. that, like, that much of an incremental change between yeah. 1 and 2. Yeah. So. We'll have to wait point. and see what the pros and the uh, the, <laughs> the Blizzard employees have to say. But uh, yeah. yeah, stay tuned for more news on PXN or, or, or Blizzard, you know, whatever, whatever avenue you get your Overwatch news from. 
moving on. Super Nintendo World is uh, will be opening at Universal Studios Hollywood in 2023. Daniel, I don't know if you'll be ready to take another plane ride over to the West Coast anytime soon. No chance. Um, I'm a lot closer. Uh, yeah, you guys excited? Would you want to go? You could? Definitely. Yeah, I'm glad that they're opening it up in more places than uh, Japan. I think they had an Orlando one in the works, too. I might be speaking out of my butt here. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But I'm glad that there's, there's more... Um, more uh, locations that they're opening up besides the Japan one because going to Japan, as much as I would love to go to Japan, I'm sure it's probably a lot more expensive than just going to uh, to LA. But uh, yeah, definitely want to go someday. Yeah, uh, I agree. It would be super cool to see this. Like seeing all the images of the Japan uh, Nintendo World is just insane. Like, it, like you walk in there and it's like you're walking into the Mario art style. And it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. Yes. I don't see anything on uh, not Japan. I'm sorry, uh, for Orlando. Orlando. Okay. Yeah. I think well, I was thinking about something else. Then, then I'm not going. <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you close? You, you a lot closer to Orlando? Uh, it. I mean, it would be drivable, whereas obviously Hollywood wouldn't really be drivable. That'd be <laughs> yeah. like three day yeah. trip. So it's like probably fourteen to sixteen hours or something Listen, to Orlando. You drive to Orla- uh, you, Orlando. You drive to Hollywood. Yeah, your first your first meals on me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your ticket yourself, but your first meals on me. Okay. Uh, moving on, we got an update from uh, the Dead Space team. Dead Space remake uh, is confirmed uh, to be aiming for early twenty twenty three release, which uh, is fantastic. Uh, and then we got a cool deep dive into some of the, the audio reworks for the upcoming remake. Um, it's split up into three videos, um, and I was kind of checking this out this morning while I was creating the doc. Uh, so, I, obviously, headphones are recommended for this because of, you know, the way audio works in that game. And uh, I kind of took some deeper, not deeper notes, but, like, let me walk you through some of the systems real quick. There's the Alive system. Um, so, this is really cool. Uh, Isaac will have a different way of delivering dialogue depending on his current state, which to me is, is like stuff like, um, like his health and where he is like health-wise, I, I suppose. Like if he's injured, he'll deliver the lines differently, which I think is like a very cool small touch. Um, this is probably my favorite. There's a, a six-minute video on uh, occlusion and obstruction, which will affect how and if players will hear sound and its direction from the source to the player. Uh, they, they did this cool thing called like portals, um, like within the actual environment so you know if a door closes suddenly you don't hear audio behind the wall maybe there's a window next to the door and you now have that audio source coming uh, through like like this pane of glass and it changes the way sound is is shaped or formed very cool stuff the way it's bouncing around the environment uh, amazing and then lastly there was a um weapon sound effects comparison and they went deep into all the layers uh, that are, that they're adding for each individual shot of of the weapon which yeah shaping up to be a very cool remake and I, i'm very excited yeah it's it sounds so good that was a, an amazing like little uh deep dive they had and i think they said they're gonna have a bunch more of these like over the next several months which I, I, that's awesome i I love that kind of stuff uh and also like the alive system i think they said that also like you know when isaac is doing certain things like if he's like heavily like running like breathing really heavily or whatever like he'll his audio will change then too so like mm. i there was a game that did that maybe you guys can remember i feel like where they he changed his uh his dialogue every time he was like physically active or something wasn't it spider-man 
was it? Yeah, the two yes. members are the two Spider-Man games. Yeah. Yes, and that's so cool. I, I I love that. So it's cool to see that here. Yeah, bro, you're yes. still not gonna play Dead Space though, right? No, no, no. This makes it even more scary. <laughs> the audio, yeah. but it's, it's case, really cool. But I I'm just I'm just too scared. Here now, Ro, I have something for you and for the rest oh. of us because a new poster for the Sonic movie 2 has been revealed and it pays homage to uh, the video game and uh, it's a cool poster. Yes, really cool poster. I can't wait. Next month, April 8th. So excited. And as you said, it obviously pays a uh, tribute to the original Sonic 2 uh, Mega Drive, Sega Mega Drive uh, game. Uh, so that's really cool. Really awesome. They definitely are doing some doing stuff right here so i love mm-hmm. it i'm so excited for the movie have you have you guys seen the meme where uh tails has like the laser pointed <laughs> on his head it's <laughs> just fantastic i love yeah. that I didn't see that yeah it looks so good uh everyone put your hands together let's all congratulate hideo kojima because he received the 72nd minister of education award for fine arts from the agency of cultural affairs government of japan Kojima, congrats, Kojima! Congrats! Yay! Amazing! Amazing! That's a very. There's a nice picture of him in a suit. <laughs> a big ribbon too. That's insane. He's been creating games for big 36 boy. years. Wow! Yeah. Big impact better. in the industry, that man, huh? Yes. Can't wait to see what he's got cooking next. But for now, congratulations, Kojima. Well deserved. Yep. Yes. 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 Uh, let's move on to some news. I'm going to lean on Dan here a little bit because it's more of his world, and I, I, didn't, I don't know if I, I don't remember what I was seeing here. But we have some Halo TV show impressions. Of course, I think the show is uh, dropping next week, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, and it seems like people have been really digging kind of a, a new take on this uh, Halo world, um, and that they're excited to see where this interpretation of, of Halo is going to go, and that they've really been enjoying. I forget the actor's name who's playing Master Chief, but. That's what I've seen on Twitter. Uh, can you corroborate that, Dan? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people have been. I mean, it hasn't done like amazing. I think it's doing about what we, ironically, what we said it was going to do, like in the six point five to seven point zero range in terms of reviews. But like, I think the important parts of it is like people are excited to see something new from the Halo universe, and that's kind of like a product of them not using like the timeline of the games like it's a separate universe and everything which i really like um and yeah that last trailer that they showed off uh this past week uh, amazing i love that trailer uh so yeah i i'm very optimistic as of right now uh i don't know where our bet stands with gauge i can't remember what we we said 6.5 but i can't remember what was it imdb that we said we were following for that Let's hope he wrote it down because I, I certainly did not. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I I think it's honestly, I think it's going to do about what we thought it was going to do. And like, it seems like the most gripes that I've seen is that uh, they kind of um, don't go that in depth into things in season one, which I wouldn't expect them to. Uh, they're kind of introducing people into this world, uh, especially people who have never played the games before. So I think it's it'll be more, I think, interesting to see how season two does, knowing that we already are getting a season two um, to kind of see how it you know progresses the story and everything. So but yeah, so far, I'm optimistic next week. It comes out next Thursday. 
That's two video game shows coming to Paramount, yeah? Halo and Twisted Metal. Uh, yeah, anyway. Twisted Metal is something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of getting things twisted, I don't know. EA Play 2022 <laughs> it has been unfortunately canceled. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Everyone, I have to apologize here to, to Dan. Ro, you're okay. I, I incorrectly... <laughs> did, well, I don't know. Maybe I have to apologize to you, you Ro, as well. <laughs> Uh, I did the British spelling of cancelled as opposed to the American. So Oh. No, that's you don't have yeah. to apologize to me. That's how we spell it here in Canada too. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have I have a quote here uh from uh, EA. We have exciting things happening at our world class studios and this year we'll reveal much more about these projects when the time is right for each of them. Honestly, like I think that's a good thing. Like let the let the devs show the games when they're ready to go. Uh and if they're not, like it's always kind of kind of dangerous to reveal games a little bit too early we saw that with you know a few other games um that we'll maybe, maybe might talk about today so yeah kind of sucks that we won't see updates but otherwise like yeah, take your time yeah yeah considering it's been years since we've seen uh um freaking dragon age and they just announced mass effect and it's like let's finish dragon age first and then let's see <laughs> mass effect yeah absolutely but also god I'm just dying to see more Skate 4. Mm. Or, at some or point. even play it, maybe, sometime. Anything, Dan, anything. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, we've got some Ghostwire Tokyo impressions. These uh, kind of embargo lifted this month on, on people who have been playing it. It seems to be kind of critically mixed, but still leaning towards like mostly good. Uh, consensus here is that the arc direction is good. And the protagonists and the plot is interesting. That the side missions are fun, but that the gameplay is overall stiff, and the open world, unfortunately, seems to be just, like, kind of another checklist uh, game. Mm-hmm. To that I ask, uh, with, with all that in mind, are you still interested at all in Ghostwire Tokyo? Will you be checking it out? Um, I, I, was, I don't think I was super excited for it. Um, I, I don't think this helps, but it mm-hmm. being... Um, the the positives are definitely things that speak to me though, like it having a good a uh, good story, a fun protagonist, and interesting plot, and the side missions are at least fun. All that's great, um, but if the gameplay is not there, and especially it being first person, which is something that I usually don't uh, go towards anyway, uh, kind of uh, makes me want to stay away from it for now. So this is maybe like a, a sale game that I pick up in the future because mm-hmm. the positives are are good. Um, so yeah, this is probably something that I'll pick up later down the line. Not not really jamming for it right now. The gameplay being stiff isn't surprising uh, because Evil Within is a little janky as well and uh, the gameplay yep. can be very stiff. Uh, but um, I think this just proves that we should have got Evil Within 3. <laughs> no, I'm, just <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I've said that so many times. Wow. Sorry. Wow. Uh, no, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see like how everyone reacts to this game because it's a very different game. Like it's definitely a, a unique uh, thing. Um, it's just a matter of if they can, you know, pull people in to make them interested enough to to want to check it out. But yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I probably won't get it at one. Maybe yeah. later. What about if you? I can jump in. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice of you. Yeah, this is a, this is a big bummer to me, uh, particularly with all the open world stuff. Because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit open world fatigued. I'm right off the bat, uh, off the bat, off the back of games like 
Horizon Forbidden West, which I put a lot of time into. Obviously, I put a lot of time into Elden Ring, but I like that open world. Uh, so to be going into like another open world that seems to be more checklisty, like that doesn't really appeal to me. Honestly, it makes me kind of sad because the side mission stuff looks really cool, particularly mm-hmm. like the way you get like transported into like these visually stunning different kind of environments and like super trippy and very scary. That excites me. But if most of the game is, is stiff gameplay and you're kind of just doing things mindlessly checking off boxes, uh, I don't know. That's just not for me right now, unfortunately. So yeah, might be wait for a sale. Wait, for, wait to see if on, maybe ooh maybe it comes to Spartacus at some point. And, you know. <sighs> check it out then but right now sorry about to play tunic and elden ring <laughs> speaking of elden ring oh my god i said with Whoa. myself we have an I have an elden ring update for you guys elden ring has sold 12 million copies worldwide in just over two weeks which is absolutely insane considering it's a souls like game for comparison, it took Dark Souls 3 four years to reach 10 million units sold. Damn. Uh, quite a difference between the two, eh? Yeah. Um, I want to include this bit as well, then we can talk if we have anything to say. From Software and Bandai, Bandai Namco are interested in expanding the IP beyond the realm of games, which makes sense. You know, you had uh, George R. R. Martin, Martin come in and help you with the story, so... There's probably a lot there that they can want to do. Maybe you want to do like a, a short story or some kind of like comic or a short uh you know tv spinoff like it, it's right for something like that so yeah yeah that's uh that's awesome that's yeah that's really great for them uh obviously the reviews were really really good when it came out so that obviously helps it a lot a lot of people saying this is a game of the year contender right out the gate so i'm sure a lot of people wanted to check it out as well and the anticipation for the game was like super high for such a long time <laughs> So I, I totally get it selling well, but it's selling this well is just awesome. Great for them. Hopefully. So obviously the game turned out to be fantastic. And uh, obviously I hope that their studio environment isn't, you know, too bad right now because there yes. has been reports about uh, that recently. Ooh. However, there are also reports that after the game has succeeded so well, they're paying their employees more, which I don't know how, you know, what does that look like on paper? I have no idea, but um, yeah, hopefully the, the people at FromSoft are getting adequately, adequately um, you know, provided, you know, benefits to creating such an awesome game. Yeah. Uh, obviously one of the best of their their history. Yeah. They, they make masterpieces over there. Flawed masterpie- masterpieces at some points. Like I have small nitpicks, but master- masterpieces nonetheless. Amazing game. Yeah, anyway. God, I love Elden Ring. <laughs> uh, moving on to another game that I, I really want to love. Hopefully I'll play it soon after I beat Elden Ring. Uh, Tunic reviews came out today. Stealth release on Game Pass, which is an absolute win for the teams over there at Microsoft. I'm going to read you some early review scores. Eurogamer uh, calls it essential. Polygon rec- recommends it. Game Informer giving it a 9.75. GameSpot a 9. IGN a 9. Um, and then goes on and on and on, on like that i think let's let's check open critic though because we do have a fantasy critic league right now currently sitting at an 86 average on open critic very good very nice very nice yeah another Anyone? another uh great game for 2022 it looks like because the hits just keep keep coming for these these 2022 games and i'm loving it i just don't have all the time to play all these great games but 
I definitely oh, want to add Kirby. Yeah, Kirby's right around the corner too. I hope it reviews just as well as all these games are. Um, I'm sure it will. But bes- uh, back to Tunic. I definitely want to try this out. I love the 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 made up language that they have for this game. Uh, it seems like really a lot of fun, and I heard the exploration is awesome. Just like Zelda goodness in this really cute uh, box box, I guess you can call it. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to dive in. And it being on Game Pass is like a no brainer. I'm definitely going to pick this up sometime. I'm yeah. gonna let Dan know a little secret about me. What's that? I've been pl- I've been playing around with this idea of picking up an Xbox Series X just Ooh. for Game Pass. Like, I want to keep my PC just for PC games now because I'm just filling up on Game Pass games. It'd be nice to just kind of like have a Series X, have my big TV, yeah. play Game Pass games on my couch. Heck yeah, absolutely. I think I want to do it. Or even like, <laughs> there's so many people that are buying Series S now because like it's a cheap way to get into that like and into that environment ecosystem. You know, uh, three hundred dollars. Sure which actually I think I don't think we put it in here but I think uh in the UK uh the Series S actually outsold or I'm sorry Series S and X outsold the PS5 last month for the first time ever and uh apparently that was much attributed to the Series S which makes sense it's much more yeah. affordable option and I think that's kind of what Microsoft wanted so yeah that Series S or X would probably be a great great choice for Game Pass games Sure. When are they going to make a Series E? <laughs> That'll be mm-hmm. the mid-gen. The middle one, yeah, yeah, it has to be. <laughs> it's the only place to put it. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let the readers fill in. You know, the gap. <laughs> oh, I just got that. And you I and you know. nailed it too. You're like, it has to go in the middle. It's like, yes, Dan, it does have to go in the middle. Yep. Yeah, I didn't even mean it like that. But yes, that's <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Nice. Congrats, <laughs> Dan. <laughs> that's it that's it for a quick bites so let's move in to kind of bigger news uh today i'm gonna start off with this speaking of xbox uh they had their id at xbox event um and i linked here in, in the doc uh the ign article that does a really good job of uh catching you up on everything that was not everything i'm not gonna read everything here but i'm gonna hit some uh some some highs uh here we go uh, Immortality, an interactive movie trilogy. From the mind of Sam Barlow, creator of the critically acclaimed Her Story and Telling Lies, comes a new interactive mystery. You trawl through uh, lost home movies to figure out what exactly happened to a woman named Marissa Marcel. That's coming summer 2022. Clintlock, The Siege of Dawn, from the studio behind 2018's Ashen, comes a new open-world action RPG. You'll play as a pistol-wielding woman named Nor and her fox-like companion, Enki, on a journey of vengeance, gunpowder, and Magic, and Humanity's, Humanity's Last Stand. Uh, this has a 2022 uh, release date as well. Uh, Cursed to Golf, uh, the what-if golf but weird genre, has had something of a renaissance the last few years. This game looks to promise a more spooky take on the tee. By the way, this, the art style, the whole video of Cursed to Golf looks insanely cute, uh, and like it looks really fun. Um, Escape Academy. This is uh, pretty much escape room, but with like, uh, what was it, with like students in, in like a high school setting? Obviously, a bit more like, yeah. It features music from uh, uh, Dacioni, composer for Enter the Gungeon, Gang Beast, and Sludge Life. Very cool. Whale Fall, described as a combination SRPG, JRPG influenced by the likes of Lord of the Rings, Suikoden, and Final Fantasy. I uh, released a TBD on that. I'm going to move a bit faster here. We saw WrestleQuest. I think it's a wrestling kind of um, pixel RPG. Uh, Tunic, of course. 
Crusader Kings 3 console edition. Uh, I think it's coming to console. Yep. Trek to Yomi, which is now confirmed to be uh, available on Game Pass. There is no light. Boy Train. And many, 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 many more games. You can read the full list over on IGN or over on Xbox. Um, and I'm going to accompany, the, accompany this with huge slate of these games are now coming to Xbox Game Pass, including games like uh, Escape Academy uh, and Trek to Yomi. So, amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm happy about Trek to Yomi coming to Game Pass. That's definitely something that I'm yeah. picking up for sure. So I'm glad that's going to be there. Uh, Chinatown Detective Agency is something that I've been excited for as well that was shown off. It's like a visual novel, points and click adventure sort of thing. And it looks really cool. So I'm definitely digging that and excited for that one as well. Definitely looks like my jam. But I didn't get the chance to watch this, but I'm glad it was all <laughs> it's all here in this ni- nice little package though. So yeah. I'm excited for a couple of these games for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh it's uh, like you said, Ro, I didn't have a chance to watch it either, but there's a lot of cool things in here. I'm kind of interested in seeing what this immortality game is because an interactive movie trilogy, is that gonna be like a Netflix like experience? Like what uh what's that? Bandersnatch, is that what that's called? The interactive movie that they did? Uh I wonder if they're gonna, you know, go more into like that kind of thing or if they're gonna I don't know, have like so- very good. I, I can I I think have you played Erica or like She Dreams? I don't know. She Dreams elsewhere. Like Erica on PlayStation, that was a thing. No, it's like yeah, an interactive. It's an interactive movie as well. I think this is like pretty similar to She Dreams elsewhere. Like where it's kind of like you're watching this thing. You've got your phone out or your you know your controller, and you'll have to do certain actions at some points, and then yeah, make. See the thing about Bandersnatch, yeah, you'll make decisions on, on what you should be doing next, and that'll change you know the next scene. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go. Go ahead. (laughs) You're you're good. Go ahead. I I was I was thinking about the same thing though, Dan. With like as when this was being shown, if Netflix partner with people like this to have these types of games on their platform instead of like the solitaires that they have going on right now, that'd be that'd be such a game changer. I think that'd be awesome if they had more games like this because that's exactly what I thought when I saw this Bandersnatch. If they had more experiences like this, I think their games department would be kind of a, a bit better i think it'd be a good venture to dive down into but that's just i was just thinking about that like that that's something they should be able to lean into i feel like because like netflix makes really good quality like tv shows like they have a lot of great content on there obviously like all the marvel stuff that they made or a lot of it was really good so like i feel like <laughs> they could make some cool stuff like this if they uh they applied it to that like you said row and put it in their game section yeah like banner snatch was Super fun. The only one I remember they did after that was like a Bear Grylls survival thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was like aimed, aimed towards kids. And that was the last we saw of it, which is kind of a bummer because I had fun with Bandersnatch. So you're on to something there, bro. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to pull up a tweet from Emmett Watkins Jr. as well because we saw a trick to Yomi last week at the State of Play. And I was very excited for it. Uh, and then with the announcement that's coming to Game Pass, uh, Emmett tweeted that um, uh, he found it funny how Trek to Yomi uh, just instantly went from a PS5 game to an Xbox game in his head with one announcement, and that's that's the Game Pass announcement. He's absolutely right. Like when when games come to Game Pass now, I I like think about them as like Xbox games now, and that's just the power of of Game Pass. So 
I guess the question is to confuse you even more, Christian, when these PS5 Bethesda games go to Game Pass, are they going to become an Xbox game? <laughs> like Deathloop and uh, Deathloop and um, uh, Kenji Mikami's Ooh. game. See, see, that's weird. That's weird, though, because like Deathloop was heavily marketed as a PS5 game, you yeah. know, and then that acquisition happened near release. Yeah. So I don't know about that one. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you're onto something there, though, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Moving on. Speaking of Xbox, again, uh, we've got some trouble at the initiative. Is it too late for Quadruple A? Uh, huge story that broke out uh, earlier this week, and then we got an update for it today. Over half of the core dev team working on Perfect Dark have quit in the past 12 months due to frustration over the game's direction and top-down studio hierarchy. I'm pulling here a quote from uh, Video Game Chronicles. As much as half the core development team known to be working on the upcoming Perfect Dark reboot quit the company during the last year. That includes most of the initiative's senior design team, including game director Dan Neuberger, design director Drew Murray, lead level designer Chris O'Neill, principal world builder Julian Myers, two senior system designers, a group of three former God of War designers, and much more. the turnover of top talent doesn't end in design. Perfect Dark's two most senior writers also recently quit, along with the project's technical director, tech art director, lead game engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. Uh, hmm. And according to LinkedIn, the initiative is now less than 50 people. And, it's, and I'm going to just include this now as well. Uh, obviously, we've had a... If you've kept up, kept up with the initiative... Um, they brought in Crystal Dynamics to kind of help with production uh, of Perfect Dark. And it seems like with this top-down mentality, it seems like Crystal Dynamics has been slowly uh, you know, kind of taking over development of the game. And as of today, uh, with two more departures and seemingly more uh, corroborating uh, that report soon, uh, it seems like Crystal Dynamics is now essentially leading that project. A lot to unpack there. Um, I want to jump straight to Dan first. You're a little... Our, our lead Xbox guy here. Um, is this is this worrisome for you? Uh, like, obviously, you don't like you don't like seeing high turnover, but like, right? I don't know. Give your thoughts. Yeah, uh, obviously, yes. It's it's it is troubling uh, when half of your reportedly half of your studio is leaving. That is not good. And obviously, Microsoft started the studio wanting to be like a Sony Santa Monica. That's why they're in Santa Monica because they wanted to copy the success of you know what Sony was doing with their teams. And is is it too late for Quadruple A? Like you're saying here, I I don't know, but like. The the fact that they came out and announced this studio as a quadruple A studio from the get go was probably a huge mistake on my Microsoft's behalf. Anyways, like start small, let's build up, and then like if you make fantastic experiences like Sony Santa Monica is doing, then you can call them quadruple A when they get to that point. But like you've got to get to that point, and. Uh, obviously Microsoft has been having their own troubles lately. And I've no- I noticed the other day, a lot of people were throwing this on Phil Spencer, which obviously some of the blame has to come on him because he's at the top, but also at the same time, cool. like he has people that are under him that are in charge of these things. You know, you have Matt Booty who is literally in Phil's old job, which is overseeing all first party studios. 
he's got to take some responsibility and say, what am I doing wrong to support this studio? Like, what do, what do we need to do to make sure that these people are staying there? And I saw a lot of good feedback of people talking about like, one of the problems is, is like Microsoft looks for these leads um, for their certain, you know, divisions like your art lead and your, your design lead and all of this, instead of having, you know, like teams of leads, like, you have multiple people that are that are leads in within a division because then you're promoting people, you know, more rapidly. You have more people wanting to get to that those higher levels. Like, yeah, it's it's a tricky tricky thing. And obviously we don't know without being there, but obviously mm-hmm. they've got to change something. And uh I, again, as we talked about with Halo Infinite, personally, I think that they need to do something in terms of their contractor policy because contractors are detrimental. In my opinion, if you use them too much, contractor contractors are too detrimental for video games because you're bringing someone in for three months to work on something. Their contract ends, you know, say they part ways or whatever. You have to bring in someone else to start literally where that person left off after three months and you're losing all that work because they, they're like, oh, I don't know what this person did. Let me refer to what they already did rather than have the same person work on. It. So, like, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of concern right now. Uh, obviously, they knew that these things were happening because they brought on Crystal uh, late last year, like you said, Christian. Uh, yeah. Hopefully that helps. Okay, so I was kind of reading into like the video game chronicle stuff, and I forget the the author. And there's someone that works at VGC who I was like reading a thread of tweets, and it seems like that's kind of where the problem is is stemming from a little, like partly. It's it's the the top down hierarchy that like was kind of brought in. Um, that was already happening, I think, at the at the initiative, and then like that was exacerbated with Crystal Dynamics. And like you said about, you know, having this problem with not teams of leads, right? Just like these particular leads who are, you know, again, I don't know the specifics, but, you know, they're demanding certain X, Y, and Z, and it's causing just, you know, employee frustrations. Um, They're not happy. Things aren't progressing. And suddenly you have high turnover. And that seems to be like where the the huge issue is. And like, if you rectify that, it seems like we'd be okay. I I think of things like... um, Kojima's, um, oh, Kojima Productions. Duh, that's the name of the studio. <laughs> started, started, you know, built his team from the ground up, right? Uh, that seemed to be very, not top-down, but down-up, I guess, studio, working with Gorilla and, every, you know, having these, these different teams of leads and, and, you know, having collaboration that way. They were able to produce a game in just a few short years. Um, yeah. That, that's the thing for me in terms of all video game development keep the teams happy and that hopefully leads to you know products not just coming out quicker but to better better quality more quality products yeah, yeah exactly yeah it looks like it's slowly turning into like crystal dynamics uh the perfect dark instead of the initiatives the perfect dark yeah um it's it sucks because these these are some uh pretty high level people like that you're listing off here like lead people lead game engineers tech art director like these are people that you need to to stay on the project to to make sure it goes mm-hmm. smoothly and make sure that the, the initial vision is seen through to to the end obviously you don't need these people until the very end but like in the early stages them leaving so soon is not not good um mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping that they're able to turn it around i we, we don't want another uh 
it's a different company, but we don't want another uh, Beyond Good and Evil situation where this is, is just like in development mm-hmm. forever <laughs> and we never see it. Um, yeah. Because, it's, because I know Dan was super excited because I was I was there when it yes. was first announced. So, uh, and we reacted to it and he was like so excited. So for, for people like Dan and, and everybody else, I hope that they're able to turn it around. And as what Christian was saying, just make sure the team is happy. Like, I don't understand how how it just goes from just flips like that so so suddenly and that everything falls apart so quickly and maybe maybe like i'm part of the problem in that situation because like you know i got excited because then like at the end of that little teaser before they showed the initiative logo i was like oh that's daryl gallagher like that you see these heads that are the so to so so to speak uh heads of the studios or whatever they could literally be the studio heads or they could be you know the todd howards who are literally like the creative heads like we position these people at the top of these studios and i do it myself all the time i catch myself doing it all the time and maybe that's not the best way to do it because uh obviously in this situation they built it from the the top down because they started with daryl gallagher and when they announced the initiative uh was a thing on this microsoft stage uh when they announced the studio so uh yeah it's uh i don't know it's 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 interesting and like the other question is is like will the game be better now because crystal's involved all right, hold that for a second. <laughs> I want to speak to your earlier point because, dude, you brought up an excellent point. Because I do this. I mean, I use Kojima as an example. This man plasters in the name, plasters his name everywhere in his game. So, you're you're right on that front. But to, to your second point, yeah, that that was my question as well. It's like, is the original vision of Perfect Dark compromised? And that's not to say that you know games don't undergo changes all the time in development because I'm sure they do. Obviously, like The Last of Us, like that game. I think we talked about it on this show, wasn't good until like a few weeks before release. Like something something changed there, right? And so yeah, that's that's a great question. Like, is this now a different game with Crystal Dynamics? I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Cause we didn't see like anything of Perfect Dark aside from just like the concept teaser. So we just don't know. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Chris, oh sorry. No, go go for it. I think you're gonna say what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was just going to say Crystal did an amazing job with the Tomb Raider reboot. So obviously they can make fantastic stories. So like maybe this is for the better that Crystal is involved here. But did they though? Because the (laughs) first one was beloved, right? And then it seems with each each iteration, it wasn't received as well. Right. And then of course we have, I think of Avengers. True until Shadow, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was not made by Crystal, right? That was made by... Oh, Eidos. yeah, I think that was you're right. swapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was but, going to say because Rise of the Tomb Raider was my favorite out of the out of the three, and that was the second one. But that's just, that's just sure. I'm just one person. But but I I get what you're saying, and I could be and, wrong, by the way as well. And the Avengers story was good in my opinion, but the game not so good. But the story story was good. I like the story, and and Guardians of the Galaxy was the most recent thing, and people love the story for for that. It's just it just sucks that it's being. Mm-hmm. It may be a good game in the end. Perfect Dark might be a good game if Square or Crystal Dynamics does, in fact, kind of take over. It just sucks that it's being hijacked essentially from the people who started the idea in the first place, and whatever's going on in the upper upper ranks right now, kind of steering the boat in a different direction. It may be a good game. It's just not maybe not the same game that they envisioned in the first place. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> God, what a beautiful quote to end it on. I'm just not going to add anything else and no more comments. Will, you nailed it. 
congratulations thank and thank you <laughs> before we get into the topic of the show i want to know what you guys have been playing what have you guys been up to let's start with uh daniel son <laughs> i have still been playing horizon forbidden west continuing westward is still tons of fun christian tons of fun i didn't get to play as much as i wanted to this past week but uh yeah i've i've sadly now christian gotten to the point where i am literally just skipping everyone's dialogue unless it's like the main story like i literally it's a lot right it's just so much and i know we talked about it a couple weeks ago but it's just like i don't have the time because of my investment in other games like halo infinite and such i don't have the time to just sit there and listen to this 12 mile long book about what you did seven years ago with your great aunt and i don't know i'm I'm exaggerating a little bit but uh yeah I, but still the gameplay is fantastic and i've really really been enjoying that and uh i i love the variety of the enemies in this game it feels so uh so much more variety i can't speak today varied than horizon um zero dawn which I really like as well. Like I don't think the car- the kangaroo dinosaur, that uh, kangaroo robot dinosaur, whatever you want to call it, was in the first game, and that that thing is not. like that thing is fierce. That thing is just it <laughs> Dude, kicks you, and you're just like just no. wait to get, wait to get like more Wes and like the the dinos get like really insane. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Almost annoyingly insane. Like the giant dudes that I have a statue of that my dog decided to chew up, you know, oh, no. when I was not home the other week. Yeah. Freaking dog. Uh, anyway. <laughs> also, oh, sorry, Christian. I just want to add that you're right. Like, after around hour 40 is where I realized, oh, all the side dialogue I'm having with characters, there's so little to impact yeah. what I'm actually doing. And, uh, yeah, I decided to just stop, stop <laughs> doing that. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. Hour, hour 40, 42. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, really gave it a chance there. Jesus. <laughs> a whole week. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I made it to the end of the game, and then I decided to stop listening. To <laughs> I still gave it a four point five out of five on GG. Like I, I, yeah. I have, but I have so many like criticisms. Anyway, oh, sorry, that's fair. No, you're good. Uh, I also played a couple of matches of Madden right before the podcast with a uh, good old Glenn in the chat, who's always here every week. And uh, I just want to say, Glenn, you got absolutely destroyed. I outscored him 73 to 8 in two games that I played him in. So, oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, that was a massacre. But hey, you, just, you just had to publicly shame him? Yeah, live. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Glenn. Uh, also, I wanted to point this out because this I thought this was cool. They... Uh, Microsoft did a update for the iOS version of cloud streaming for games, uh, and it's infinitely better right now. No pun intended, but I played Halo Infinite on there, and uh, <laughs> and it's so much better now. Like before, when I played cloud gaming on iOS, um, because of course it has to use Safari because uh, Apple's restrictions, they won't let them do it in the store, sure. but uh uh, it plays so much better. The uh, input latency is 
far and away much better now than it was before because before I could play locally so I can use my Xbox Series X as a um, device that I can stream my games from and that was always that always worked perfect it was always great it was only the cloud stuff when you're trying to play from a cloud server that I was always getting super input latency and I'm just like this is unplayable it was very playable now like it's still obviously not the best way to play I would not I would not choose to play cloud over playing on my Series X or anything like that, but it is so much better now. I played uh, uh, some training rounds and like the training simulations in Halo Infinite, and it was much more responsive. I was actually killing people and doing things that I would have never been able to do before. So, uh, very good, very good job by the uh, cloud team there. Confirmed, Dan uh, doesn't play well unless he plays mobile. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I tease. You know I tease. I know. I know. That's that is cool though. Yeah. Bro. Um. Nothing. The answer is nothing. Oh. I have not played anything for the past week. It's been very sad. Very sad. I haven't. But you played with our hearts, bro. I did. I did. I'm sorry. Just, just I was. I wasn't even on Tinder. I wasn't even on Tinder. Mm, wow. No, not even playing the game of love you guys <laughs> <laughs> just school and work this week um i do want to finish ace attorney soon because i feel like that's getting away from me and i really enjoyed it and i don't want it to become another eastward where i loved it and i just mm. haven't given myself a chance to finish it so i'm hoping to get back to that um destiny of course the final um seasonal story beat happened today so i want to get around to see what happened there and then uh yeah I'm hoping to play some more visual novels and actual new games later this year, but right now, nothing, sadly. Okay. Sometimes we need our little breaks, you know, and you're busy. Yeah, that's true. I understand. <laughs> hate you. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, guys, I just want to interrupt this because I, I've been a oh? terrible uh, watcher of the chats here. Resh just joined us on Twitch, oh. and he rated us with a party of 10. Thank you, Resh. Oh, my God. That is very kind Thank of you. you. Thank you, everyone, Hello. for joining. Welcome to Podcast PXN. The world's best podcast. Yes. <laughs> Listen, we're going to keep talking about video games, but Rose said something about the game of love. I just want everyone to know, I have been... <laughs> I, have, I have been talking to a single mom uh, the oh. past two weeks. Okay. <laughs> just, throwing, just throwing that out there. Okay, you got to tell uh, us more we'll, after the show, then. <laughs> well, I, I did the show? I don't know. Probably not. You know, I'll keep that private. But this one, it's one throw it out there. Okay. Uh, okay. Of course, uh, I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Uh, I am just shy of 80 hours. Um, seemingly, uh, I've started like the climax of the game pretty soon. So maybe like another 15 to 20 hours, I'll be beating it. Uh, it's still very much game of the year. Do I have small criticisms? Yes, but they're very few. Is it my favorite from software game? Ooh, good question, Christian. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is this what, still what a masterpiece? Be, yes. What would be the runner-ups if, if elden ring not your number one what's keeping you from elden ring being your number one so my top three right now are uh sekiro dark souls one and then bloodborne okay. uh and i just don't know where elden ring fits mm. on that list because you don't know I, who you're I gonna bump all, down i want all three of those games to be my top three and i want elden ring to be my <laughs> to top also three. be there yeah. so i'm i'm in the, i'm <laughs> have a very have a predicament that i'm like you know what i'll think about this 20 hours from now 20 game hours from now fair enough um, it's funny you say that, Christian, because Resh has been streaming 
a bunch of Dark Souls games. Uh, he mm-hmm. actually said, waiting to start Elden Ring till I finish Demon Souls. So excited. So, nice. Yeah. Very and, curious uh, to know if it's Demon Souls remake or or if it's the probably not the PS. It's probably remake. I think he's playing the remake. Yep. Yeah. Another uh, first time viewer, it looks like Doctor Yeet Ten Steen. I wonder if uh, Christian agrees with this, but he says bottom of the list is Dark Souls Two. Is Dark Souls Two that bad? Dark Souls Two is the only one I, I, I have played I because everyone told okay. me to just skip it entirely. Oh, or maybe and yeah. Yet, <laughs> maybe you don't. No, no, no. A whole, and yet people are saying like, if you like Elden Ring, you should check out uh, Dark Souls Two. And I oh, love Elden Ring. Sorry, okay. I, I don't know. I cussed. Oh. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I I want to. I, I saw like my friend stream some of it and. Like just watching him play, I'm like, oh, I would have problems with X, Y, and Z. So anyway, good question though. Yeah. Uh, and then last update I have for everyone is that uh, I started doing um, freelance videos for Tech Raptor. So yes, shout out Tech Raptor for giving give me that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, plenty more to come. So yes, I saw your Ollie Ollie uh, review on TikTok recently. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, let's get into our topic of the show. This is the state of play. Uh, I want to start with some news that kind of dropped this week. We're getting a, a look at Hogwarts Legacy. That state of play is happening tomorrow, Thursday, the 17th at 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm pretty sure it's Pacific. Um, and I, I want to start a conversation with, like, there is a problem with covering this game. Half of the people in the industry that I'm seeing on Twitter refuse to cover it justifiably. So I think I fall, I guess us talking about it is covering. So maybe I don't agree with myself. <laughs> Um, there's more of a nuanced conversation there, but and and then the other people are obviously like, you know, is the game far enough removed from J.K. Rowling for uh for us to talk about this game, promote it, play it, etc., review it, uh, and they kind of think that yeah, because the devs have come out and said like, no, we like stand very much the opposite of what J.K. Rowling is saying that you know that's enough and fair. Everyone has that like uh, authority to to decide for themselves. Personally, for me, it's like. I don't know. Like, is that property going to make J.K. Rowling money? Yes. Is that money going to be used towards more hate campaigns? Yes. So I kind of refuse to probably go near it. But this leads to my question. Does Sony have a problem with marketing it? Because that game has been quiet for so long because every time they feel like they want to ramp up and talk about it, J.K. Rowling will come out and say something weird. (laughs) The devs have had to, like, come out and and say stuff. Sony, Sony really hasn't. Is there a problem with Hogwarts Legacy? And, and promoting that game? How do you guys feel about it? I, I feel like it's been... I, I'm not a huge Harry Potter person. I haven't seen the movies, so maybe I'm just not the right crowd, but I don't think I've seen a lot about it until now where they're doing a whole state of play <laughs> for it. So maybe they don't have an issue with covering this game and they don't really care about the JK... At least Sony doesn't care about the JK Rowling mm. attachment if they're willing to do an entire presentation dedicated to it. Um, I do think it's interesting. Like, I think I think about Disney as a company. It's not really a person, but I think about um, like the say no, don't say gay bill that sure, that, yeah. that they were supporting, and Pixar is part of Disney, and they released a great movie recently, and I watched and I loved it. But like by supporting Pixar, I'm also supporting Disney, and it's just it's just such a weird uh, situation that we find ourselves in, loving these media, all these media stuff. We love the product, we love the the IP, but sometimes the creators are kind of messed up, and mm-hmm. we we're caught in a, caught up in a, in a dilemma if we continue to love the things that have inspired us and stuff like that, but also don't want to support the creator that is just an all around trash human being. 
Um, so I, I'm never going to tell somebody how to consume the thing that they love, obviously. But I, I, I've decided that I'm not supporting Activision, Overwatch being one of my favorite games ever. I'm not supporting them until something changes over there. And same with Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, but your question was, is there a problem with um, covering this game? And I think it's great that there are reviewers and uh, games people out there who are deciding not to cover it. And I think that is within their right to to do that. Um, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, if you want to enjoy Hogwarts, I, I am more power to you. And everybody just make their own personal decision on whether or not to do it. But uh, it has been weird because I, I just haven't seen a lot of coverage on it un- until this PlayStation State of Play, I guess, yeah. now. Yeah. No hype, no hype thing really up until release. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's kind of also a tricky thing from Sony's perspe- perspective, right? Because they, they kind of unveiled this game, uh, what, like a year and a half ago, maybe, or something like that. Um, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. I think it was a, ahead of their PS5 unveiling or releasing, something like that. But obviously, they're, you know, the marketing partner or whatever you want to call it for this game so it's like how do you you know market this game or support this game without you know supporting the ideals of the original creator of the ip and it is a very tricky thing and as you said christian like the developers are saying like the right things like they're saying like no we we don't support those things and we're against those things uh which then you're like man could they have made like a, a you know a generic like wizard game like it just gets really yeah, without even sold right yeah right. and that's the thing that's the tricky part because obviously harry potter is the biggest you know wizard type experience out there so obviously just the name attached to it has a huge following um for good or bad uh so yeah it it, it really is a really tricky issue um it's not it's not really yeah it's not a great answer either way i don't yeah i don't know i'm not personally a huge harry potter fan so like it wouldn't take much for me to say okay i don't need to play this game because i'm not you know that into those that experience but uh i do know people that are huge into harry potter and uh, are very excited for the game so it's it's tricky for sure yeah it's going to be interesting to see how that marketing will continue to be pushed toward or how they approach it towards release. Um, I'll, uh, I draw parallels to like the um, Fantastic Beasts movies and like general audiences who enjoy Harry Potter like and are not aware of J.K. Rowling's kind of hideous comments like are excited for those movies, you know, even though they are bad, let's admit it. Um, like, do general audiences who are into Harry Potter and, and play video games is going to be excited for Hogwarts Legacy? I'm sure they are. and Maybe they don't know about, you know, everything that J.K. Rowling is, is saying and doing. So I don't know. But yeah, very curious to see how Sony handles it on the, on their side because the devs, of course, again, have come out against her statements. Uh, moving into more general Sony discussion, uh, I kind of did similar stuff to what Dan did last week for, for Xbox and kind of separated different uh, kind of segments here on just playstation in general and i want to start off with obviously the the biggest thing about playstation which is of course the games like that's that's why we're here right we talk about the games and so i i have here a slate of 2022 releases right we're, we're talking about the state of playstation in 2022 so some past slash current games have just come out obviously horizon forbidden what forbidden wilds um forbidden west just released on ps5 ps4 
uh, to great critical acclaim, right? Obviously, it's come into some kind of criticism with now with Elden Ring out and UX, UI, all that. However, still got great review scores at release. GT7, more of a niche, but still, again, critically received fairly well. Uh, a great come, uh, comeback for Gran Turismo. Of course, we're looking at the horizon, no pun intended there, for future titles like Ghostwire Tokyo, although not an exclusive here. I think it is a console exclusive. Yes. Right? Or Spoken as well. Just got delayed, but it is still coming this year. Games like Stray, also a console exclusive. God of War Ragnarok supposedly coming this year. And then beyond, we've got Spider-Man 2, uh, Wolverine from, again, developers Insomniac. Uh, Pragmata, which I totally forgot about. Um, I, for- I forgot to write down who was developing that game, but it, it looks looks weird. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, and then we've got like three Naughty Dog projects in the works that we have no <laughs> idea what they're on. Oh, we have some idea, right? You know, um, we have news that The Last of Us three story. Uh, they have an idea what they want to do there. Um, factions, right? They may be doing new IP, uh, inshallah. Uh, and then, of course, is Uncharted coming back with another studio? All these questions, right? With all that in mind, how do you think Sony is doing in 2022 compared to its competitors? We know what Nintendo's got. We know that what Xbox has got is PlayStation in good shape. Yeah, I th- I think they're in great shape. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is a great game, obviously, uh, and Gran Turismo Seven is a great racing sim. Uh, obviously, you know the former rather than the latter is going to be more popular amongst gamers uh, playing Hor- Forza, or not Forza. Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> now I'm combining Forza Horizon into Horizon Forbidden Amazing. West. Uh, but yeah, Forza. Ah, now I'm doing it again. <laughs> it's the it's the Forza Horizon. I, I know the pipe. Yeah, yeah I can I'm see so the pipeline right now. Right now. Yeah. Uh, Horizon's such a popular game amongst like hardcore gamers, and Gran Turismo is obviously going to you know satisfy the car fanatics. Uh, so those are both great games. Xbox hasn't really released much this year in terms of like big profile releases. Obviously, they have Tunic um, coming that's actually out today, I guess, uh, and they have other smaller stuff that they've announced. But for the most part, they don't There's have Starfield. A that's There's true. Starfield. There's if Starfield. it's coming this year. If it's coming, which who knows? Todd does love his November 11th date, which he loves that date for some reason. But uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And Ghostwire Tokyo, we're getting kind of, you know, pretty good reviews for it. Uh, for Spoken, I think we're pretty high on. Like, there's... And if God of War Ragnarok launches this fall, that's going to blow out anything, I think, that out of the water because the first game was so good. Like, that was a great, you know, revitalization of that franchise. Like, that franchise was, in my opinion, like, falling by the wayside uh, before the reboot. So... I think I think they're they're looking good. I think they're looking good too. Um, just because of like, obviously the games that they have coming uh, coming up are super excited. Like God of War Ragnarok, as you as you said, for spoken. I've been a little, I've been off and on with that game. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> it's but the hip hop walk, isn't it, Ro? It is. <laughs> Maybe it's the hip hop walk. It might be that. Um, but yeah, everything that PlayStation has up its sleeves, I'm definitely excited to to see when it comes out. But even like. Even if they didn't announce a lot of this stuff, I still feel like they would still be in a good space, you know, just based off of everything that they did last generation, people would still be showing up to be picking up PS5s regardless, even if God of War Ragnarok wasn't announced, they'd be like, but it might be coming someday, so I'm going to get a PS5 now just in case. 
I feel like I feel like there's a lot of uh, gamers out there who who just support PlayStation because of the history that that it has, and they just feel like Nintendo or Xbox won't deliver the same type of games uh, that PlayStation has been delivering for the past generation. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're in a great spot. Um, I do want to see, as someone who is in the PlayStation ecosystem and does know what's being announced, I would love to see what else they've got up their sleeve. But um, yeah, so far, what they have on their calendar, definitely hype for, and I think it puts them in a good spot against their competition, for sure. Yeah, one last thing I forgot to add was that, of course, Returnal, getting its its DLC and huge update from developer yes. Housemark later this year as well, pretty soon. Um, and then it seems like it kind of I, I kind of spoke on this a lot. Well, it seems like since somewhere in the middle of the PS4 generation, the studios at at Sony have hit like a, a stride in terms of of quality. And one one big thing they're they're allowed to do is like autonomy for what like they want to make, right? Not to say that other studios don't, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But they seem to have hit this like level of quality and confidence for all the games that they like for most of the games that they're putting out that it's like, yeah, when it's ready to go, we'll show it and it looks great and it's getting great reviews. Right. And so like compounded over the years, like it, you know, having all these studios that leads to like this idea that, yeah, studio uh, Sony puts out bangers on their console. And I said this last week and I'll stand by it again that like with all of Xbox's acquisitions, they're going to hit that same stride, I think sooner rather than later with all these teams under their belt like once things fall in place obviously with the initiative news coming out it's it might take a little yeah. m- bit more time for some teams but right but others like maybe not as long especially with the activision stuff if once phil spencer takes over like they're going to be hitting their side pretty soon as well and well, that's not to say like they're competing they're, go ahead Dan. sorry Dan. sorry no i was just going to add on to what you're saying there like the as far as the structural problems with their first party studios are is microsoft going to be back like hitting bangers out here i don't know like the i think the initiative mm-hmm. thing has definitely put question marks up there as we've already seen question marks with halo infinite so like i don't know will microsoft be back on that level so that's why i think like sony's got a decent like footing to stand on because they're not having these mass exoduses right now obviously there was reports not that long ago about you know certain conditions at certain studios that weren't so great but that for the most part sony i think is doing a good job of retaining their people and keeping their their you know talent in in house Mm -hmm. but here's the thing as well right sometimes with playstation it doesn't get like that kind of year round uh gameplay from like a lot of people like one title will hit this month you'll play it and you know you won't maybe you won't turn on your console for a little while because games are coming on game pass that's one thing that xbox has over sony is that just the the plethora of titles on on game pass are just like too fantastic because they're like great releases like almost all the time um and so to that i will include now questions here about the upcoming spartacus when we'll hear about that I mean, who knows, you know, whenever that's ready. But maybe there's another state of weird state of play coming up all about Spartacus. I don't know. Um, I have a few questions here. When do we see that announcement happening? Does it happen before, you know, E3 time? Um, and then will the new plans for Spartacus be enough to entice players on the Sony ecosystem to buy into those premium tiers? We talked about those premium tiers maybe about three weeks ago-ish. We've had our criticisms with them. And then the big question here, is it going to be a Game Pass killer, quote-unquote, um, and is that even the goal of Spartacus at all? Does it want to be that? 
I will. I say no. But let's be real. People are going to be pinning it as a Game Pass competitor on Twitter because it's it's the offer that Sony has compared to what Xbox is offering on their end. So, uh, lots to unpack there. Wherever you guys want to start, it's fine by me. Thoughts on Spartacus? Yeah, I think Jim Ryan has been very clear on you know their services. Like they they he basically said not that long ago, like we can't put our games on a service like that because on day one because like it's not sustainable for us. And I guess you know Sony is a, a much smaller company than Microsoft, so Microsoft can kind of you know get away with throwing away money, so to speak, at these projects to kind of spend more money to get you know, the, the betterment of the Xbox community to try to get more gamers in their ecosystem to try to make more money on the subscription side of things. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it has to be a Game Pass killer for Sony to continue to succeed because they've already shown that they can be successful without this. So I think it will only be supplemental to them. I think the concern with Spartacus for me is in the um, the tiers and being the lowest tier being basically PlayStation Plus, but you're paying double the price for it. I think that's a little bit not great obviously playstation plus has had phenomenal games like they've literally been killing it with playstation plus titles as opposed to games with gold titles terrible uh but obviously like double the price is a pretty big ask um for for gamers to pay ten dollars a month um for that but what do you think about spartacus real um i i I agree that it's not going to be not going to be able to uh, to compete with Game Pass. Not that it it couldn't. I just don't think that PlayStation is going to do what it needs to to be able to compete with Game Pass. Like like you said, like they they already said that they're not going to be putting first party games on that uh, platform, and that's that's already putting them at a disadvantage right there. Um, but yeah, I, I think the classic games that we saw in the leak would be a great a great thing to have and be able to preserve those classic titles and have access to that is, is awesome. It's the, it's again, the tears that are kind of making me a little trepidatious in what this is actually going to turn out to be and a little worried as well. Um, but yeah, if, if they're able to deliver a, a good, I mean, can they, can it be worse than Nintendo online? I mean, I guess it could, <laughs> I guess it could, but I, I, I it, it'll really be something if it is. Um, Dude, but yeah, yeah. Dude, honestly, when I think about like the like Sony's moves and what they do, uh, I I can them cl- way closer on the spectrum of between Xbox and Nintendo. Right. I always can them closer to Nintendo. That's true. <laughs> like with all the crossplay stuff, like over like over the years and how like terrible it seems to be to like get crossplay to do anything on the PlayStation side. You know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. If they if they were to, to make a weird, if they were were uh, more likely to make a weird Nintendo decision or a good Microsoft decision, they'll probably quicker make a weird Nintendo decision. So yeah, <laughs> so I guess that even worries me even more about what Spartacus could be uh given uh their similarity to nintendo in a lot of uh uh ways but um yeah i'm I'm definitely interested to see what it is I, i'm not holding out any hope that this is going to be able to be on the same level as game pass um but having a, a way to have access to classic games from based on the leaks i think will be really a really valuable thing to have but um yeah. it's it's all about that price price point that they that they set it at that will make it worth it or not yeah we'll see 
like people love to talk about backwards compatibility, which again, phenomenal. I love when they do it because it rocks. It's a great option. And yet I always find myself playing newer games as opposed to like, you know, the classic titles, right? So like, yeah. you know, if Metal Gear Suit, Metal Gear Solid 2 was out right now available on PS5 on the same day that Tunic is live on Game Pass, like I am more, I'd be more excited to play Tunic and I love Metal Gear Solid. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm going to throw in some more stuff in here. Um, PS5, uh, you know, over a year now, We've had some minor updates to the software. I real unfortunately you don't you don't have a PS5, so <laughs> maybe you don't have less kind of hands-on experience there. But you know, maybe you've seen kind of what features are like currently, or the features that you would like to see. Um, uh, I, you know, the Discord integration slowly happening. I think is is a you know a very cool step in the right direction. That that was a big surprise. I didn't, I didn't think Sony would be doing that at all. I totally thought. Xbox is going to be taking that, you know? Um, and then I want to throw in uh, the addition of PSVR 2 into that conversation as well with, with that kind of changing the ecosystem a little bit or at least growing it in some kind of capacity. Uh, Dan, you, you have an Xbox and a PS5. Yes. Um, in terms of features, are, is there anything you'd like to see in the PS5 now that it may, might be missing? Yeah. They're not quite nailing? Yeah, I feel like there's a couple things, like, and we've talked about them, uh, at least some of them before, like, var- variable refresh rate for me is a big deal because mm. I have a, a TV that supports 120 hertz, so when you get games that are playing, you know, at higher than 60 um, frames per second, but not quite able to hit the 120 frames per second, uh, if you have, like, a performance mode on or whatever, it does suffer in terms of it can't uh, produce the screen, the image on the screen without producing screen tearing. So like those things are like a big deal for like people like me. I'm just like, I hate seeing that like screen tearing happen. And Battlefield used to be like a huge offender of this back in the day. Obviously long ago, this was on Xbox 360 and PS3 generation, but like that kind of stuff just really bothers me when I'm playing a game, especially a competitive game like Battlefield or Halo or something like that. And you're seeing this this happen on the screen. So like VRR definitely needs to be uh, something they add. But also uh, another thing that I think that would be a huge thing for, for them is something akin to Quick Resume. Uh, Quick Resume is yeah. fantastic. And uh, actually Microsoft continues to um, make Quick Resume even better. In the last update that they did, they now allow you to pin two games to Quick Resume. So like you can have usually like five or six games in Quick Resume, but now you can pin two of them. So no matter what, no matter what games you start, those two games will always be available in Quick Resume. So like if you're playing like Elden Ring, for wow. instance, yes. You're playing Elden Ring, for instance, Christian, like that can be one of your pinned games. So like you can go and play a bunch of other games and then you can always go back to Elden Ring. It's always going to be there saved in that state. And like that's something that is a fantastic feature on Series X that I feel like uh, PS5 would greatly benefit from. And obviously it can be done, I feel like, because it's the PS5's SSD is actually better than the Series X SSD. So like I feel like it can happen. They just got to... They got to work it out and do it. So, yeah, th- I, f- I think those are the, my two biggest things I want to see. One thing I want to add real quick before I get to Row is um, I'll stand by the addition of the DualSense. It's probably one of the best things Sony has done in a long time. You guys are right when you criticize the touchpad because, like, let's be real, <laughs> no, no studio really figured out how to use that, like, quite 
as effectively and it very quickly became the map button right that's the joke and it's it's a good one because it still is the map button from for the most part but like as far as like other like dual sense features like the adaptive triggers and the way the vibration like actually functions that has been a game changer for the like ps5 uh like exclusive games or console exclusive games like even sifu which is available on on, on pc uh, having like punches feel differently um or like lighting affecting the way uh, you move through an environment like on the dual sense and feeling that in the vibration phenomenal returnal and ratchet like the way different guns feel not just in the triggers but in the way it vibrates and like the effects that it, it makes with them well it continues to blow my mind um the pitter patter of rain again this i never thought that would be a, a, a feature that would like immerse me more into a game like it seems kind of gimmicky and yet when rain hits in Returnal and I feel the pitter-patter on Celine's suit, it's like, this is amazing. How did I... How was I playing games before this? Um, mm. So yeah, just throwing that note in there. Ro, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. If PS5s were available out in the wild right now, would you buy one? Yes. If I whereas Let's financially say you had... yes yeah, sure, I, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yes absolutely if if i had the means to do so and they were readily uh, readily available no doubt i would be able to i would i would definitely get it and i would buy miles morales again i would buy i would buy demon souls heck i would buy demon souls just because of how beautiful <laughs> that game looks and like you're saying the, the dual sense stuff is just like i haven't experienced it it yet but i know how impressive it is uh-huh. just because of the videos and and you talking about it, how cool and immersive that stuff is. So I definitely want to be a part of that when uh, I get the opportunity to. Um, I can't think of anything that I would I would want, uh, probably because I, I haven't really been uh, face first into the ecosystem yet. I, I don't know what what is there and what is what is missing because I haven't uh, mm. been in it. But uh, I think they're in a, a really good spot. Like I, I think the quick resume stuff would be would be a definite uh, great addition. I've heard that uh, before, but the games on PC thing that you're saying here, I would love them to be able to to bring those games uh, for me because I can't play them, <laughs> can't play them yet. So it'd be awesome if they were quicker with that. I understand that why they're not because they want people to pick up a PS5, but um, I would love them but to. They can't. Pardon, but the they can't. Shortage. Exactly. So yeah, I, I I wish they were 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 a little bit more cool with uh, making their games a little bit more readily available on different platforms. Obviously not anywhere else besides pc but they've had a history they did days gone they did they're doing god god of war soon um so it'd be cool if they were able to do their ps5 uh games a little bit sooner again i understand why they're not but it would be awesome if they if they did that so that'll be something i would like i would like to see even if i do get a ps5 soon i think it'll just be awesome to be able to have those games in more than one place um yeah they should they should do the hbo max pandemic method or in console exclusive on on ps5 for 45 days and after that it's on pc available <laughs> as well they should do that yes yeah that's that's a good compromise maybe i don't know <laughs> um oh i rose said something dude when you get one like i still think booting up astrobot oh, rescue yeah. mission mm, right for the first time playing like not it's not even anything of the game it's just the settings and teaching you like the dual sense functions probably mm-hmm. my one of my top five like ps5 moments yeah. I, I, rem- Astrobot. I remember watching like uh 
I think it was either Game Explain or Good Vibes Gaming, one of those two <laughs> Nintendo channels playing the PS5 when it first came out and them booting up Astrobot and just like them being so impressed with it. It was like this this is infectious how <laughs> how much people are loving this thing. So yeah, I definitely want to b- play uh, Astrobot too whenever I get it. Uh, Ash- from the Portland. Oh, or I could just yeah, just play, go over and play. <laughs> Astro's Playroom is literally still the best iteration of the Dual Sense. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so wow. good. Damn. I can't believe I'm running this show and I called Astro's Playroom Astrobot Rescue Mission, the VR game. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but speaking of VR, um, yeah, I mean we've already talked about VR uh, a little bit, but like just to reiterate some of our comments, like money aside. Like, does VR two excite you at all? Like, in in terms of like gaming on on VR, do either of you have like a quest or anything? I, f- I forget. Yeah. Yes. Got okay. me. No, I I have played it at Gage's house. I don't think it was sure. I think it was the quest. Yeah, I I played it before. I don't own one though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... Sony. Do you think Sony will nail PSVR two? That's the hope, right? Yeah. Fingers crossed. It's it as we were talking about last week. It's the the crazy price that we have to pay for entry because it's the PlayStation Five plus the yeah. the VR, uh, so it's not it's not very accessible. But once you're in, I am sure it's going to be a great uh, a great time. A, a, a hefty price to pay, but if that price is so high, hopefully the experience is is there. Um, but I mean, they tried it once with PSVR. I think it was fairly successful. So hopefully, second time around, they're able to get more studios on board and make some more better experiences for us not only was it successful according to like sony it surpassed their expectations they weren't expecting that many people to buy in and people did like it was like one of the first i mean it was easy back then just to hook up a few cables and get into vr that way (laughs) now it's way easier with the quest obviously but danny any comments here yeah i i think like the hardware itself is like super exciting like the psvr2 hardware is very impressive and like is comparative to like the top vr headsets that we have out there right now so that part of it is exciting it's just the monetary aspects like rose saying that uh (laughs) it is a little bit uh scary in that regard but like you're saying christian like psvr was pretty pretty decent success for sony and like i feel like they didn't even really market it that much and I feel like also like there's something that they could do for PSVR 2 if they did something akin and people are going to freak out as soon as I say this, but do something akin to what Microsoft did with Kinect back in the day where you say, hey, developers, can you make like one uh, component of your game utilize PSVR 2, like one experience, like just every mm-hmm. every developer to say, hey, can you just put some cool thing in for PSVR two because like that would just help to bring people to the the platform? Yeah, yeah. they that's they a, did a couple a great... of those things. Like I remember, No Man's Sky did stuff stuff like that, and I think there was a couple of others where it's like you can play this game in VR if you want to, but the game is mm-hmm. specifically made for controller. So, yeah, yeah, and we're seeing that happen with uh, like Horizon. Obviously, that's getting its own standalone VR True. title. Um, Recently, there was like the Hitman kind of VR experience. So you're onto something there. Like, yeah, it's not too much of an ass. Like, if if you know a lot of these studios, it doesn't have to be all of them. If, even if it's just half of them yeah. came out with something that was like a VR kind of experience based off the existing IP, like mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool. And also, like, don't be afraid to. Oh, I guess they do have their own controllers, right? Like, don't be afraid. I guess to like op- option like 
the dual sense as well because i'm not gonna lie sometimes it's fun to play the quest but like i don't always want to be swinging around my arms like it'd be nice to like sit down and just use the controller i guess i could do that with the quest too but you know what i mean i don't, I don't know where i was going there <laughs> anyway it seems like playstation is doing okay yeah yeah pretty successful at sony yeah just uh, success everyone in the games industry oled's doing well microsoft having the highest um metacritic open critic of 2021 so far in 2022 as well and then sony yeah. games just critically yeah good time to be a fan of video games eh definitely absolutely sony where's my tifa game <laughs> i want my i want a tifa game right now <laughs> please <laughs> one final question before we go yes. who is the best girl of final fantasy 7 remake I said Tifa, but it's it's not it's not Tifa, it's not Aerith, it's it's Jess. It's, the, it? it's Jess. Jess. I think that's her name, right? Jess Final Fantasy. Jess Dark Horse, man. The one that invites Cloud in for pizza. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jesse Raspberry. I yes. just I did a Google search since I'm not a Final Fantasy fan, <laughs> and the answer is apparently Tifa. It's a good second. Everyone place. that's the, that's the easy answer. Let's be real. <laughs> Jesse deserves some love. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Folks, thank you again to everyone joining us live over on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. That's it. No other services. Sorry. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, me. Oh, God. Thank you, me. Gage, you get no thank you. And thank you, Daniel. <laughs> I'm reading the wrong note. That's why. It says, I am Daniel. Uh, thank you, Dan. <laughs> And this has been Podcast PXN. And we are out of here. Much love and keep on gaming. Yeah. I must become an Elven Lord. <laughs> <laughs>